Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold podcast. Chris and Alan will be sharing unique and raw insight on what it takes to succeed. Both hosts are authors and businessmen and have been mentoring and consulting for their clients for over 50 years with their combined knowledge. So without further ado, we have an exciting show for you today. Let's get started. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold, Be Bold. And I'm here with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, are you there? I am, Chris. Having a fantastic day. How are you today? Well, I'm great. Thank you for asking. And, you know, we're obviously in the holiday season. We talked a a lot about, you know, the attitude for gratitude, prosperity. And, um, you know, today we get the unique uh, discussion around abundance. And, you know, to clarify, you know, abundance is a, is a great matter of something and uh, whatever that something is and, you know, from a dictionary definition. But what we're going to get today, and I know it's going to be a great show because we've done our research. We're really excited about this individual. And Alan, I'm going to give you obviously uh, the unique pleasure to introduce him. But I think he's done an extraordinary um Extraordinary film for one, and what he's doing with that number two is just you know the the word that comes is is courageous. I think it takes courage, and I think you know going out there and telling the world a story and the story of others, and then putting that into you know a, a format that you know I certainly enjoy. I love going to the movies. I haven't gone to see Star Wars, <laughs> but I'm going tonight, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, my daughter's eight, and you know not quite the PG thirteen, but listen, she loves Star Wars, and I'm bringing her, so I don't care. Anyway, on that note, Alan, take us away. Fantastic, thanks, Chris. Uh, you know, the gentleman that, that's, uh, that's right behind their microphone here, uh, ready to chat in just a minute, um, young man, uh, I'm impressed with uh, his story and, and where he's come from. And the people that he's influenced, especially in this movie, are, for the most part, his tenure. And that's impressive to me, that uh, not only his, is his story and his life and the way he approaches the, the value he's bringing, but resonates with so many thought leaders and together have combined to talk about a mission and a statement and a boldness, if you will. Um, and, you know, I, I got to tell you the, the title of this, uh, the title of this uh, movie, The Abundance Factor. And for those of you that, that know about this, for those of you that have signed up, for those of you that have watched the movie, that have seen the little pre, the, 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 the previews and all the different techniques and the folks, um, I'll tell you, Riley Dane is in the house today and he's going to be uh, transparently giving you some of the backstory some of the history, some of the whys behind and the value of this story and his mission and this movie. So, Riley, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Captain Charming is in the house. I love it. <laughs> that's right. And just to be clear for the audience, that's the nickname that they gave me, and I in no way pushed upon them <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, Riley, uh, you know, again, thank you. And uh, obviously, you've got a, a great uh, sense of humor, so we can appreciate that on this show. And, you know, again, you, you, you did an extraordinary film, so kudos on that. 
And uh, obviously, the people that you interviewed um, are doing great things and thought leaders and just giving a ton. And I had an opportunity to research and look at, um, you know, what a lot of these people did and where they came from um, as I took my time doing this. And, and, you know, I can appreciate that. But, you know, I think what's important is um, give us some background. You know, where, where, where were you? Where um, are you now? And, you know, again, where are you going? Maybe that'll be a good start. Right. So the reason that the movie came about in general was uh, I had grown up with ideas of I always wanted to make a movie. I wanted to make an impact. Speaking of Star Wars, you know, I'd be five years old. I'd be sitting on the couch watching Star Wars as that Death Destroyer, the Star Destroyer comes over uh, and my <laughs> mind was blown and I was like, I want to make something like this. Right. But then as you grow up, you sometimes get uh, your dreams either beaten out of you or they just kind of slowly fade away because you have to quote unquote have a normal job with a normal life. Sure. And so mm-hmm. I was in high school and uh, I asked my personal planning teacher, she was, she was talking to me and she said, what do you want to do when you graduate uh, high school? And I was like, I want to travel, I want to make movies, and I want to help change the world. And she ended up laughing at me and said, Riley, whatever you do, don't do that. Go to school, get a normal job, and when you retire, then worry about making movies, traveling, and changing the world. Wow. And so, not the greatest advice that you could get. Uh, (laughs) And so, it really kind of shot down... Uh, the dreams at first. It's kind of like, oh, well, I mean, if she's in a position of authority, she's a teacher, she's supposed to know what she's doing, so maybe she's right. So I kind of took the path more traveled by in that regard, and I, against my better instincts, I took the normal way of doing things, and I got more of a normal job. And then when I was 22, uh, the strangest thing that has ever happened to me happened, and that was I woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning, and I uh, slept walk, and stepped off the edge of a second-story balcony, wow. and it's called parasomnia pseudo suicide. And it's uh, it's rare, however, it's not completely uncommon. There, are celebrities have done this. There was actually just a, a celebrity death not a month or two ago, I think. Uh, so it's it's a really scary, bizarre thing that happens. And so I woke up uh, in the emergency room, had no recollection of what happened, and. Obviously, I was very nervous. The doctors were nervous. My parents were there. They were nervous. And everyone was concerned that I obviously had some amount of injury, whether it was a smaller injury or something bigger like a broken spine or something like that. And luckily for me, by literally a miracle, uh, I was okay. You know, I I wasn't hurt really. I had a few scrapes, uh, but no broken bones. I wasn't paralyzed, none of that stuff. And that was the day that I really kind of got a second breath of life into me, where I said, okay, I know I wanted to make movies as a kid, and I decided not to do that. However, a lot of times you don't have all the time in the world. You can be someone uh, who goes to bed one day, and you might not wake up. Or, you know, there's a million things that can happen, and you never know what's going to happen or what the next day is going to bring. So if you want to do something, go and do it right the second. Don't wait. Take action. And that was really the spark that started the abundance factor for me because I wanted to travel. I wanted to make a movie. I wanted to help change the world in whatever way I could. So I set out to do, hopefully, what's done that at least in a small, small way. Well, I think it's a big way. And, you know, again, you just said it, you know, never know what's going to happen. And I'm sure when you went to sleep that night, 
you weren't going to wake up in you know the uh, the hospital in the emergency room with um, a rarity that you went through. I mean, that's just uh, you know a, somewhat of a crazy story, and uh, but an awakening for you. And you know, my friend, um, you know, I'm glad you're great. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, I'm sorry it happened. But at the same time, I believe that it happened for a reason, as you do. And uh, here you are today. Um, when did when did that happen? Just in in context, uh, from timing perspective. From where you know that happened, and then you know where the movie is. You know where where are we in in the timeline, if you want to call it. Right. So basically, when that happened, I was uh, twenty two, going on twenty three, um, and then so the kind of the year of twenty three was me then honing my skills to be able to make this movie. Because right. the first thing I tell anyone when they ask me, "How can I do something like this? How can I achieve my goal, or write my book, or do whatever I want to do?" I say, you got to get the tools, you got to take the first step. And so for me, I had a dream of being a filmmaker, but I didn't necessarily have any filmmaking skills. You know, I wasn't born like Steven Spielberg, who I imagine was just born on the universal lot, and he just had all these filmmaking powers. Um, I didn't have that. I was just a kid from Canada. So I said, if I want to do this, I'm going to have to learn how to do this. So I chose to go to film school, uh, and then I spent countless hours reading books and uh, uh Robert Rodriguez, who has a book called uh, Rebel Without a Crew, is a great book about yeah. how to do independent filmmaking on your own. Uh, and I just spent kind of that year of 23 really honing my skills uh, that I knew I was going to have to bring if I was going to make a movie like this. And then come 24, uh, basically right at the beginning of the new year, uh, this year, is when the movie uh, started to get traction. We got funding and then we went out and we shot for about six months. That's fantastic, and you know, kudos on you for doing that and, and, and attracting that because you, know, you do talk about the law of attraction, and, and you certainly have a lot of people that you interviewed um, that understand you know, the, the concept of law of attraction uh, you know, and researched as scientists, uh, you know, even motivational speakers, um, psychologists, you know, all kinds of really great experts in their field. And uh, you came up with a, a fantastic idea. Now, as I know it, um, and I know Alan's just itching at a co- whole bunch of questions, <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure um, he gets a chance, and, and he has some good ones for you. But you know, you interviewed how many people just for the audience, um, you know, for this movie, and uh, you know, give us a perspective a, a little bit on that. Yeah, we interviewed 21 different people. I believe all 21 made the movie in some variety. Obviously, the problem is with 21 people, uh, even if you gave them 10 minutes, your movie would be incredibly long. So uh, time is limited in the film. Uh, but yeah, so we traveled and we talked to a variety of different people. Like you mentioned, we talked to uh, psychologists. We talked to scientists like Lynn Mataggart, who wrote a book called The Field. Uh, a brilliant woman. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant woman. Brilliant mm-hmm. Um we talked to John Azaraf, who is all about neuroplasticity and how the brain works. We talked to Bob Proctor, who's known as the godfather of self-development. Mm-hmm. And then we got some new blood like Alexi Panos and Jarek Robbins, son of uh, Tony Robbins. Yes. Uh, and so I tried my best to really have an eclectic group of people because I knew me being younger, uh, there was there was some of the people who I'd grown up knowing and hearing their names like Bob Proctor. Sure. But at the same time, 
he's at a very different stage in his life than I am at my life. And I knew a lot of my viewers might identify with people who were just starting on their journey and not necessarily ending their journey. And so that's why it was important for me to bring people like Alexi and Jarek and some of these younger guys and gals who could bring kind of a, a newer perspective to balance out the old school way of doing things. So we tried to get all of those ideas in the movie so that there's something for everyone. I love it. And, and you did a great job of that. And, you know, Lewis Howes was on your show, and I love Lewis. He's mm -hmm. a great, uh, great show, and uh, he's doing some amazing stuff. And we're gonna, we're gonna get Lewis on our show. I'm just putting it out there right now. Um, you know, Lewis is a good guy, and he's doing some great things. So I'm Lewis gonna, is amazing. Props gonna, to Lewis. Yeah, and 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 a lot of kudos. That guy, you know, he's just a. Uh, a, a ball of energy and I love it and, and he's doing some great things out there for people so kudos on you for having him on the show Alan take us away on uh, you know what's next what, where, where, where are we bringing Riley yeah, Riley, I, what you're doing is fantastic, and I can really relate to it, especially your, what I'll call a, well, for the lack of a better thing, a, a near-death experience, and what that really means, and that brought the aha moment out for you. Um, been there a few times myself. I've had four open-heart surgeries, and I had a cardiac arrest where I was dead for about a half an hour, and uh, woke up with a pacemaker and defibrillator, and a whole bunch of other times in my life I've been shocked with those paddles, and you have this, uh, at least I woke up kind of like you did, this last time and said, you know, what do I have in my life that I can give and contribute and what does that really mean and what's the mission? How do I go about, you know, uh, attracting that mission? And I think the audience is really going to be intrigued with how you attracted uh, the people that you uh, interviewed and that are on actually in your movie. Um, can you give us a little insight as to what the DNA was for you to actually go get these people and attract them into being part of your mission? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the number one thing that you can do if you want to attract bigger names or people who inspire you is to have a good reason why. And I, always, I have this phrase and it says, excuses are for winners. And what I mean by that is that you need an excuse to talk to somebody. The same way that you guys approached me and you said, hey, Riley, we're doing this podcast. Uh, we love what you're doing. We'd love to get your message out. Can you come on the show? And so, of course, absolutely. That's a great excuse to talk to me and it's a great excuse for me to talk to you. And likewise, if I went to someone like Bob Proctor and I said, hey, Bob, um, I'm a kid from Canada. I really like what you're doing. Would you mind if I flew out to your house and just spent some time with you and talked to you? More likely than not, he would say, I'm very flattered, but I'm very busy, so I'm not going to be able to do that. And that's not to say anything bad about him because, you know, I wouldn't want some random person flying out to my house either to talk to me. But when you have a purpose that's bigger than yourself and you have a mission that's bigger than yourself, then people get on board with that. So I would say the first step for me was having a vision and a purpose that superseded my personal self-interest. So I had a mission that they could get behind and they could see value in. And then in the terms of how to actually make that happen, because I always find that there's kind of two parts to making things happen in life. And one is that creative and the imagination. And the other half is that you have to realize you're in a mechanical world and you have to make those gears move in real life. And I can't mm -hmm. just always be in your mind. You got to get into the physical world. So I had the vision. Uh, now I needed the practicality of how do I get to these people? So on that point, it was really just hustle. It was, you know, phone call after phone call. It was email after email. It was talking to this person who knew this person who might know this person and leapfrogging uh, from interview to interview and just doing it the old-fashioned way. There, I think uh, that there was really no secret to attracting the people uh, into the film. 
either than just having a purpose that was greater than myself and one that they could get behind and then doing the work of making that happen. I love it. Super. Well, I'm glad I canceled my flights, uh, Alan, uh, <laughs> to go see Riley because it sounds like that would have been a weird thing to do. <laughs> greater than myself. I, I love that. Um, you know, and, and, um, you know, we're senior to you in, in terms of age, but, you know, Riley, you've got some great wisdom that you're sharing, and I appreciate, um, you know, doing that for our audience. And, and, you know, again, I'm taking some great notes here. And I love the old-fashioned way. You know, the old-fashioned way, and, um, you know, I guess I guess it's old-fashioned because... Uh, <laughs> well, it's what uh, we did. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up without internet, you know, and, and, and I didn't have cell phones. Uh, in fact, when I first got my first cell phone, it was a big brick, uh, you know, if you can remember, um, you know, seeing those back in the day, and it was an old Nokia, and it looked like a brick, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, I was so excited about it, but, um, you know, the thing would drop a million calls and, you know, and, and I was just getting started and, you know, as technology improved and, you know, now today we have supercomputers in our hands and we're all super users. And, um, you know, again, a, 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 a purpose greater than, you know, Steve Jobs had, you know, in his mind. And now we all have iPhones that, uh, you know, we can all connect. So it's an amazing, uh, amazing thing you know, the world we live in today. And, and we, we follow Peter Diamantis, um, you know, Riley, and, and uh, a great uh, individual, a thought leader, and, you know, a lot like yourself, um, you know, looking at ways that, you know, we can improve life for people. And, uh, you know, I love your story, and I love the, the vision and the purpose that you had. But the old-fashioned way I can relate to, and certainly picking up the phone and calling people, leapfrogging. And it's funny, we just had an interview, um, you know, with a, another great uh, alumni expert. And, and you know, he, just, he mentioned that, you know, you just have to, you know, focus on the first thing. Get the first thing done and something else will fall in your lap or someone will call you and something will happen. And, you know, you just kind of have to keep going through life like that with an end in mind, of, of course, and a vision and a purpose towards everything. But if you just keep doing those little things, those big things will end up happening. And it sounds like that was uh, your great fortune. Yeah, absolutely. And th that reflects something that uh, T. Harv Ecker said to me. And he said that you, mm -hmm. when you have a goal or you have uh, a dream, you don't have to know how you're going to do it. You just have to know why you want to do it. Mm -hmm. right. So the why has to be bigger than the how. Love and I, I can vouch for that because I had never made a movie before this. I had never interviewed anyone uh, before making this movie, uh, but I knew why I wanted to do it, and I wanted to do it to help and to give back, and so that I could learn, and so other people could learn what I was missing in my life. And so the why was very strong for me, and then the how fell into place. And you just you learn how to interview, you learn how to talk to people, you learn how to meet people, and and the rest of it just the the universe kind of conspires to put the pieces together for you if you let it. Right, if you let it. And, and uh, you know, that's a good point because I think people do get in their own way in a lot of ways because they're focused on that how and they're focused on, you know, again, uh, what they have to do instead of just being who they have to be. And, you know, again, you know, great reflection. And I'm glad you uh, you brought that up. And, and, and T. Harv Ecker, uh, you know, amazing gentleman and, you know, great lessons and certainly is helping, uh, you know, millions of people out there. So fantastic. Alan, take us away for, uh, you know, putting uh, Riley in the hot spot. 
Riley's in the hot spot. Uh, Riley, you talk about uh, uh, all the people that uh, you were able to attract and their missions. There had to be some congruency, you know, with what they were doing and, uh, you know, why they participated. And I guess that's another key question that, I, that I'll ask is, what was their reason for participating? Was there one common goal or did they all have their individual reasons for saying yes? That's a good question. I think it's probably a lot of the same reason why people say yes to come on a podcast like this or a podcast like Lewis Howes or whatever other podcast is because Mm -hmm. there are people out there who are on missions and who have uh, ideas and dreams and purposes that they want to fulfill. And any time that you can help facilitate that in somebody else's dream, if you can help somebody else to get their message out to the world, then that's going to be a time when they're going to want to do that. And if I go to any of the people in the movie, uh, and if I said, I'm just making this movie, but it's really just for me, and it's just going to go on my Blu-ray shelf when it's done and no one's ever going to watch it, chances are they wouldn't want to do it. But because it's a movie that was going out to the world and it was helping to get their message out there, then they're more than on board to help with the project and do what they can do. The same way I'm on board with you guys uh, sharing what I know to get it out to the world because you can help spread my message, I can help spread your message. And I think if, if all those people come together and just help to get those ideas out there, that's how real change happens. Fantastic. And, you know, again, yeah. I've been in sales most of my life. And I was unique as a salesperson because uh, at the end of the day, I wasn't the fastest guy, but I certainly did a lot um, more business than most. But I used something very uh, um, that you brought up, actually, reciprocity and just doing more than I was paid for or more that was, you know, that I was getting, um, you know, for myself. And in turn, you know, as you mentioned, the universe conspired and and things happen and all of a sudden uh, the attraction of uh, you know what I believe money has a high frequency. It's in bias to whoever wants it, but it has a frequency to it, and it just comes your way, and, and things happen for you. And and I agree, you know, the collaboration, the uh, you know the affiliation, uh, helping them get their messages out to the people, um, and you know that's what we dedicated this show. Just so you're aware as well, Riley, from our perspective, these little nuggets, you know, these little uh, you know sayings or something that you may have sparked someone who's listening, you know, to today's show and, um, you know, really might impact them in such a way that, you know, gets them fired up or maybe they had a similar experience to what you've had or what Alan had, or maybe it's something that I've said and, you know, all of a sudden they start to take some action. And I think that's the key and you named it. It is exactly what you have to go and do because there is some doing to life. You're not just going to sit there and, 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 and hum and, you know, life is just going to bestow upon you all the greatness um, that it can, at least not in this lifetime that I know of. But, you know, the point being is I, I think there is a lot of, you know, um, uh, things you have to do, but you don't have to know everything uh, you know, all at once. I think a lot of times it'll come towards you, and 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 that certainly sounds like it was the case uh, while you were making this movie and doing these things. How long did it take you, uh, you know, out of curiosity to uh, to put this movie together? Yeah, I think overall around six or seven months, uh, not including the conceptual phase of me just thinking up the movie, but the actual taking action on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were on the road for at least 
four to six months. And then in between there, we were also doing kind of post-production. So we kind of, we didn't have a normal schedule where you go, you do your principal photography, you take all your footage back to the studio, you edit it. Uh, we were kind of shooting, then coming back and editing, then shooting and then editing. And so overall, I would say around six or seven months. Awesome. Cool. Hey, I, I want to piggyback on something, uh, Riley, that, that Chris just talked about. And, uh, uh, that has to do with what do you say to one of your listeners, somebody that, that hears this and goes, you know, what you've done is great, it's fantastic, you had an aha moment and so forth, but my life's really kind of, you know, bland compared to yours. What do I have in my life that could possibly benefit somebody else? Because I know that's an astigmatism that a lot of people carry, and not so much how do you get past that, but how do you get into somebody and say, hey, you know, Maybe there's something in your life that uh, that could benefit somebody. What do you say to those people? What kind of inspiration can you give to them? You know that says you're you're you are indeed worthy of that when they don't believe it themselves. Right, that's a really good question, and I've I've been asked similar questions before, and it's funny because you know I, I got asked a question the other day on a webinar, and they said, "How do you have such uh, rock solid confidence?" And I said, "The truth is, I don't really have rock solid confidence." <laughs> um, you know, I'm just winging it like everyone else. And growing up, um, I always thought that I was, I had no talent. I was convinced as a child and even as a young teenager that I had absolutely no talent in life. I remember I was the last person uh, on the block to be able to ride a two-wheeler. I was like eight years old and there was like girls who were like four years old driving their two-wheelers around me as I was crashing into bushes. And then I got older and I was like the last of my friends to get a driver's license. And all these things, I felt that life was so hard for me in so many ways. And I always felt like I had no talent. I was like, when am I going to find something that I'm good at? Uh, and then movie making and storytelling came around for me. Then all of a sudden I was like, ah, there's something that I actually have. There's something that is intrinsic inside of me that I can maybe add value to somebody. So if, if somebody's out there saying, it's great for Christopher and for Alan and for Riley because they have these talents, but what do I have? I will say that every person on this planet has something. There's some unique talent that you have, even if you don't know you have it. And I come from the perspective that, you know, there's a better filmmaker out there than Steven Spielberg, but he just didn't take action, and that's why Steven Spielberg is number one. Right. And there's sure. a, there, there was a better band than the Beatles, but they never ever got their stuff together, and they never put out a record, and the world doesn't know who they are. Right. So I think if you're out there and you're listening, there is something inside of you, uh, and you're going to know what it is because it's going gonna, it's gonna to light up uh, your world when you think about it. What's the thing? So for me, since I can remember being five years old, it was, you know, watching Star Wars and E.T. And that's what really lit me up. But the world has a way of distracting you from those things and saying, well, that, that's great that you really like that. But, you know, how are you going to make money with it? How are you going to uh, how are you going to get a job and support yourself? And then the, the world kind of pushes you away from those things. So I say, ignore the detours that society gives you and think about those things that really light up your life. Think about when you were a kid, when you were five years old, before there was pressure on you to be, you know, uh, a, a working man or, or a business professional or all those things that we put on each other. What did you like doing? Right. You know, what was, what was your favorite thing in life? What would you do for free? You know, making this movie, and as you guys said, doing this podcast, you would do it for free. So what's something that you would do for free? And I think that's how you can start to find 
those passions and those talents that you have. And then you just have to get out there and take action on it because, like I said, there's there's probably a better filmmaker than Spielberg, but he didn't take action. There's probably a better band than the Beatles, but they didn't take action. So if you're out there, you got to take action on whatever that thing is for you that you feel you can add value to the world with. Fantastic. And, and you know, I couldn't agree more. You know, everybody has a genius zone. You know, I certainly um, believe that. And, you know, I teach jur- journaling, um, you know, as one of my, uh, you know, skills. And I was able to turn that around into a business and an idealism and a coaching and a mentoring. And I wrote a book called The Success Playbook. Um, you know, it'll be coming out really soon. And it is about journaling uh, for the most part, along with a few, you know, other things. But, you know, the point uh, I think you made is, you know, until you know who you are, uh, you really won't know where you're going. And um, for you, you know, once you hit that and, uh, you know, you had that aha moment and you took some action um, and then you produced something that, you know, quite frankly, is getting a lot of attention. You know, I follow a lot of people and that's how I bumped into you. And uh, I was impressed. And, uh, you know, you've got to be, uh, you know, really happy about the outcome uh, so far. And I know there's a you know, long way to go. Um, you know, with this, uh, with this movie and getting it, uh, you know, out there and, and, and so forth. And we're certainly going to do our part, uh, Riley, to help that happen um, because I, I truly believe in what your, uh, your mission is and your vision. So thank you for doing that. Now, I want to give you a chance, if you don't mind, just, you know, tell the audience what the movie is about. What's, um, you know, what, what comes with it? What, yeah, I know you were giving it away for free. I'm not sure if it's still for free right now. Uh, but, you know, take the floor and let us know, uh, you know, all about the Abundance Factor movie dot com. Yeah. So you can still watch the Abundance Factor for free, as you said, at the Abundance Factor movie dot com. And the Abundance Factor is my story, uh, kind of like we talked about here today, about how I had a, a life changing accident that kind of set me on a path to want to understand what the secret to living our dreams is, what the secret to living the good life is, and if there's a way to shortcut it and not just take the normal route of you get a job, you work hard until you're 65, and then you retire and move to Florida like Chris. <laughs> well, I'm not retired. <laughs> I know you're not retired, but he's, he's chilling there in Florida while I'm freezing here in Canada. Uh, and it, it's, so it's a movie about how you can take your life and how you can get to where you want to go. And how I think it differentiates from other movies is that in, say, a movie like The Secret, it focuses on just the law of attraction, and that's the entire movie. And I wanted to make a movie that was about all the pieces of the puzzle, at least as many as we could fit into an hour and a half. So it really goes into why your childhood is so important and where those limiting beliefs come from uh, that you develop from the ages of one to seven and then how you can get rid of those limiting beliefs and then how you have to set goals and how to find your passion or your purpose in life and the power of giving and the power of gratitude and we tried our best to to really fill in all the pieces of the abundance puzzle and not just give you one piece and call it done because I think that's a, a mistake a lot of people make is that they just read one book or they read one thing and they just say, okay, it's just the law of attraction and I just have to think about it and then everything that I want is going to come to me. In my experience, that hasn't been the case. You know, Thinking about it and having the vision is one part and then the taking the action is another part. But then you're going to have to battle your, your internal opponents and then other people are going to become opponents in your way. And there are all these different factors that go into creating abundance. So this was supposed to be you know, all of those factors, the abundance factor, have you? Right. 
Super. Yeah, you're talking about uh, all those factors that that, that uh, get in the way uh, once you make a commitment. And I know that Bob Proctor talks about that a lot, and he has, you know, with me in the past, and and it, you know, on the hot spot a number of times, and and sometimes that that's hard to uh, hard to take. But uh, you know, facing those internal demons, you know, are are tough, and those hurdles, especially the people around you that don't want you to succeed. That don't want you to um, develop and grow in your life because it changes their life. What do you say to those people out there when they uh, ask you? Well, you know, I really want to focus on on the pieces of my life that are giving value. Now, where do I want to take my life in this direction? But the people I'm talking with are saying, you know, really, you really can't, you shouldn't, or you wouldn't do that because you're going to actually affect your life and your family in a negative way. What do you say to those people? When they right. well, uh, when they let their you know vision pass, in the wise words of Taylor Swift, a hater's gonna hate, <laughs> and there's <laughs> nothing that you can do uh, to stop that from happening. You know, even with a movie like The Abundance Factor, for every 100 emails I get that are positive and overwhelming, I get an email a day that tells me I'm a terrible human being, that what I did is atrocious, <laughs> and how dare I go and talk to these people, and then God forbid, ask money for the DVD, and I'm a horrible, horrible person. And you know, if I let those things out. Way all the positives, then I would give up too. But you have to be true to yourself and just listen to your own intuition. And if you have a goal or you have a dream, it's your duty to that dream to hold on to it, no matter what anyone tells you. You know, like I had the teacher that said, uh, I don't think you should do that. I think it's a terrible idea. And if I would have listened to her, I probably would have ended up just like her and I would have ended up telling other people that their dreams are foolish as well. But now I have the unique experience to tell everyone that their dreams are awesome and incredible and they're awesome and incredible and you should absolutely chase your dream. So uh, I would say if, if there's people that aren't supporting you in your vision, then you really only have two choices. One is to let them stay in your life, in your reality and simply choose to ignore them or the other part is to just not surround yourself with people who aren't supportive. So you have to make that decision in your own life. If there are people, whether it's friends, uh, family members, um, maybe a relationship that you're in that's not supportive, if you have something that you're dedicated to and they're not supportive of that idea, then maybe that's not the right person to have in your life. And so that's not always an easy decision. So. If, if it's somebody who's really close, like say a, a mother or a father or someone who you're, you're kind of stuck with, then in those situations, you just have to try to learn to ignore it. But when it comes to people who you get to choose, like people who you're in relationships with or friends, I say cultivate a, a peer group that is on a similar mission as you and who wants the same thing that you want. And there's an interesting uh, philosophy I've heard. Uh, I think it's called the 30-30-30 rule. I don't know. I could be making this up. But basically what it is is you 30% of your peer group should be people who are your peers, who are on the same level that you are. And then 30% of people should be uh, better than you in some way, somebody who you can learn from, who can uh, give you value. And then 30% of people uh, should be people that you can give value to. Uh, and if you pick 100% in any realm, it's not going to quite work out. If you just surround yourself with 100% of people that can only learn from you, then you're never going to grow. And if you pick 100% of people that are always better than you, then you're never going to have confidence because you're always going to feel like the little man in the room. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's finding that balance of having people you can help and support, uh, the people who are your peers, and then the people who can support you and who you can look up to and strive for more and more greatness. I, I, I was writing notes. I mean, I'm not even, I, I'm paying attention to what you're, what you're saying. I'm not thinking about the next question. I'm just writing these notes. But I circled one word that you talked about just now, and that word of duty. It's a duty for you to, and a duty for all of us, actually, to talk about the one thing or maybe the two things that we can bring to the table that can help the masses. And I think that's a, a, a very admirable approach to life, but I think it's one very unfamiliar to a lot of people because they live under somebody else's objective. They either have uh, employment that, uh, that they have to follow somebody else's rules and regulations and objective as to what they think. And with that comes a value put on that position or that job. And we have to sometimes break out of understanding that value and knowing that we have more to contribute. What's a, what's a, a lesson, or a, maybe not a lesson, but a way for somebody to really understand the fact that they are more than just the obligations uh, of the environment around them? All right, that's a great question. And I think a lot of people get caught up thinking that uh, their life is work, but really we work to have a life. So one of the people I got to talk to, who is uh, Vishen Lakiani from Mind Valley, he talked about the idea of ends goals versus means goals, and often the, uh, often we end up confusing the two. So uh, a means goal, or an end goal rather, is let's say your end goal in life is you want to have a million dollars and you want to sit on the beach. Your means goal to get there is, okay, I guess I have to work at a Fortune 500 company. Um, I got to work 15 hours a week. Uh, I got to sacrifice weekends and family time because I really want to get to that end goal. So you're making all of these sacrifices. But then when you think about it, why did you want that end goal to begin with? Why did you want a million dollars and live on the beach? More than likely, it was so you could spend more time with your family and have more freedom yet we're sacrificing those things day after day with our lives trying to get there. So with you have to be very clear on what your end goal is versus what your means goal is. And you have to be very careful not to confuse your means goal for your end goal. And if you if you type in, I think, Google uh, or YouTube, just Vishen Lakhiani, end goals versus mean goals. He does an excellent job at explaining that. And then he, he goes into a way to kind of clarify what those are for you. And he says there's three important questions that everyone should ask themselves. And that is basically, what do I want to experience in life? So, you know, I want to ride a motorcycle across Italy. I want to skydive. I want to swim with sharks in uh, South Africa, whatever it is. And then what do you want to give back? Uh, and then he, he goes on and explains it all. But it's a really excellent way to decipher what it is that you're looking for so that you don't fall into the trap of working and becoming a slave to your wage, which is not benefiting you long-term, if that makes sense. Makes a ton yeah, of sense. Yeah, makes total sense, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, and uh, that was some great insight. And, you know, for all those listening, uh, yeah, definitely Vision is someone who uh, – you know, certainly as a, as a as a thought leader and an entrepreneur mind um, is able to share some really good you know in in um, insight to uh, what it takes to succeed. And he has an interesting story, and I know he's gone through a lot. In fact, I wrote him into my book. 
um, you know, just his story and the things that uh, have happened to him as, as best I could. So thank you for sharing with that. Now, you know, I always find it interesting to, uh, to talk about, um, you know, who's had the biggest impact on you, Riley? I mean, you know, share that and, and tell us why, uh, if you can, um, from, from uh, you know, your perspective growing up and, and who's, who's had this big impact on you? Right. I mean, I think for me, uh, my father has always had uh, a massive impact uh, because he was an entrepreneur and he always uh, took the road less traveled by. And so that taught me from a very young age, although it was hard and we had a lot of hard times growing up, it showed me that you didn't have to always take the normal path, that there were other ways of making life happen. And I think that was the most valuable thing I got growing up, is that I knew from experience that you didn't have to just get a nine to five and work and then retire when you turned 60. There was a different way to do things. And I saw for my father, it was not easy. Uh, Sometimes it's still not easy, but it it at least showed me that that is a possibility and a potential. Uh, And then, you know, listening to inspirational shows like this uh, and, uh, and other shows and movies, you start to see how many people out there are really making that a reality and how many people are really living their dreams and taking this kind of new way to success and this new way to abundance. And it's uh, really fascinating. But also give a quick shout out to my mother because uh, I know she's going to listen to this. She listens to everything. And <laughs> she, she was equally uh, supportive in the fact that my father kind of gave me the idea uh, for the dream and then my mother's been there every step of the way to really support that and no matter what I do or what I create she always tells me I'm the best and I'm the greatest and that's something that uh, I think even as you grow old uh, there's nothing quite like hearing your mother tell you that you did a good job fantastic yep. and yep. I couldn't agree more and I come from a family of very similar values and uh, you know I heard something in there and and and, and I could tell you uh, for your parents listening, they did a fantastic job, and they should be very, they very did. proud of uh, you know a young man like yourself. So, you know, kudos to them uh, for you know providing you that insight and that support, and um, you know your father taking a lead. And you know, I'm a firm believer. I have four kids, Riley, and I'm a firm believer that you know how do I expect them to go after their goals if I'm not doing what I want to do in life. So again, going down that road of being an entrepreneur and having times when, you know, things can get pretty rough, um, as we all know, and, um, but, you know, keep persevering and going through life, knowing that you have little eyes watching you, uh, you know, is an important, um, you know, role to take as a leader, uh, you know, in the family and, uh, having, you know, that support around you is, is super fantastic. So good on you and, uh, good on your parents. Um, you know, they raised a good young lad and, uh, you should be, you know, definitely proud of, uh, you know, your son. So for those, your, your mom's going to listen, uh, Great job, uh, Mom. <laughs> She's going to love it. Thank you. <laughs> and it's okay to pat yourself on the back for a job well Absolutely. done. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with, with self-recognition for the sweat equity Absolutely. and the value you're given. That's fantastic. For sure. And, you know, uh, again, I, I think, um, uh, you know, your movie and the things you're doing. And, and listen, this is just the start for you, I, I would imagine, in, in, the, in, in the movie business and the things you're going to be doing. I'm sure you got, 
you know, some other ideas that are brewing up. Listen, I want to put it out there that anything you need from, uh, you know, myself, and I know Alan uh, would, would reciprocate that. You Absolutely. Know, let us know. Happy to help, um, you know, in any way I can put you in connection with uh, whoever I, uh, you know, can and, and certainly have a great network of people. So I'd be happy to help in any way uh, possible for all the things that you want to do. So that's uh, that's something I wanted to let you know. Um, uh, you know, so far, I mean, I could talk for hours and, uh, you know, I'm sure you have lots of things uh, that you could share. And for those, uh, again, Riley, give them the address, um, the, the website address uh, for where they can go to learn this stuff. And uh, I have another question for you after you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's www.theabundancefactormovie.com. And if you go there, you can uh, sign up and you can watch the movie for free for five days. Awesome. Fantastic. So you give cool. some people some time to be able to, you know, uh, get into it, learn and, and go back to it. So that's fantastic and, and good, good foresight on that. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Now, you also put something really interesting and, and, and it's worth mentioning, especially on the show today, that you not only did a movie, but you put together a complete program. Can you share what that mm-hmm. vision and that program looks like and, and uh, for those listening and, and for us as well to share uh, as we're going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the program's called the Accelerated Abundance System. Uh, and basically, how that came about was we shot, I think, 14, 12 to 14 hours of footage in total for the movie. Then it comes down to actually edit the movie, and you know, you get an hour and 30 minutes. Plus, you have to fit in my story and my bits, so really you have an hour and 10 minutes. Then you have some animation, so then really you got an hour out of 12 or 14 that you shot. So I had people coming to me uh, before we even released the movie and said, is there a special edition? Is there something uh, where we can view all of the information rather than just the three to five minutes we get from each expert in the movie? And that's really where the idea started to brew for this program that would kind of uh, supplement the movie and really fill in the blanks. So for me, the movie is a great place to start and it's going to inspire you and rile you up. But then I find that after you're done watching the movie, you just say, I want more. You know, I want to learn from these people. Where can I do that? And that's where the system comes in with all of the full length interviews where you can really learn um, every single thing that these people have to say. And some of them absolutely crush it. They give you Tips, uh, techniques, uh, complete blueprints for how to live the life that you want to live. And obviously, I'm biased, but I think it's a a pretty cool program. Yeah, no doubt. And and I would agree. And uh, certainly, um, you know, for the cost of it, I mean you know you're giving it away pretty much and and uh, i can tell you that uh, i'll be buying this program and and sharing it uh within Most my definitely. own family and my kids and and things like that and such a great gift for all those listening um you know to buy it for yourself and also buy it for some others and uh, i think it's fantastic now you know i've gotten in for you you know you're doing some fantastic things and i uh, really appreciate Riley, you taking out uh, some you know time with us and, and explaining everything, and you know I'm just, I, I just happened to go to your website as you were talking about it, and uh, I've been scrolling down, and, and you know it's funny I hit something, and you've got such a great personality and and uh, and some 
and, and some great humor. Um, and you can look at life that way and especially the things you've been through. And, you know, I, I'm gunning for it. I think you're going to be on Ellen. I'm just calling it. I'm just telling you that, uh, you know, what you're doing for the world is big. And, and uh, I think it's something that, um, you know, I'm putting in the universe right now that you should have even a greater, uh, you know, reach to, uh, to the world. And, and I think something you know, fantastic is going to happen for you uh, in that regard. So I just wanted to throw that out to the universe if you're listening. Thank you very much. I'm sure the universe <laughs> appreciates that. I know I appreciate that. Uh, thank for sure. you very, very much. <laughs> for sure. And what a great program. We just humbly hope you don't forget us, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. You guys will be on Ellen with me, I promise uh, okay. you. Okay, well, I, I, I certainly will sit in the audience either way, but... Um, Listen, uh, Riley, take us away on one bold move. We always love to leave people with, uh, you know, something. And, and I might have taken Alan's, uh, f- you know, fire on this one. But, you know, I want you to leave people, you know, today with something that, you know, you think um, that they can just, hey, listen, just do something. And uh, that one thing that you feel um, could really help people, because this is what it's all about, is helping people. And you've had the unique pleasure of going out there and interviewing some amazing people and you captured some amazing stuff and you developed a great program. But what's that one bold move that you can tell people going, especially going into 2016, because your show is kicking off 2016 and I'm so excited about that. There you go. Well, thank you. It's a great privilege to be kicking off 2016 with you guys. That's awesome. Um, I think for me, the bold move of 2016, at least the thing that I'm focusing on, is giving as much as I can possibly give. And then even when you think you can't give anymore, just give more. Because I, I have this theory or philosophy, I suppose. And if you picture the world and it's this big white bright world if everyone gives you know there's seven billion people on this planet and if everyone's giving light and love and energy and everything they got to the world it's going to continue to be a big bright white place yet there are people that you know whether it's the attacks in paris or uh uh anywhere in the world you know there are people that are trying to put negativity into the world they're trying to put darkness and they'll throw a little splash of blackness or a little splash of darkness into the world and they're trying to win, but I know that if all 7 billion of us come together, they can't win. If we're all putting more light into the world than they're putting darkness, we will win. We will love life more than they want to take it from us, and we can all create stuff that is powerful, and we can all make a world that is awesome to live in. And so that's why I encourage everyone to give your gifts to the world, give your talent, follow your dream, take action, because that's what makes this world a really, really awesome place to live in. Well put, my Perfect. friend. Well put. And, uh, you know, that old adage, you know, give and shall, you shall receive. And I, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Give for 2016. And, wow, that's, uh, that's a great kickoff. And, um, Alan, take us away. Riley, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for saying yes. Thank you for going, coming on the show. You're a fantastic young man. I think you've got a bright future. And uh, I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, thank you Riley, very much. You're- I appreciate that. Yeah, right. Just looking at your website and looking at all the people that have contributed to your mission, um, thank you. You've done a great job of, uh, of being gracious and grateful and uh, humble to your demographic that you're targeting, to the people that have come into your life, to both Chris and I and our audience. And I just want to say thank you, my friend. I think you've just scratched the surface of where you're going, and we're sure glad and humble to be a part of it. So thank you very much. 
Awesome. That's you guys are the best. You know, I'm gonna come on the show all the time because all you guys do is pepper me with compliments and make me feel <laughs> awesome. So I appreciate that, and I just want to take a moment to appreciate you guys and what you guys are doing to you know get positivity out into the world and to tie it back into what I was saying. You know, put more light into the world than other people are putting darkness. And I think this podcast and other things like this are are that light in the world. So thank you guys for what you do uh, to help make this world a kick-ass place. Well, appreciate that, and. Thanks, uh, man. Thank you very much, Riley. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.